What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who does believe that dry heat is better than humid heat, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Absolutely, unequivocally. Yeah, I was raised in the South, in Georgia, and I have a real uh, trauma, if you will, of, of memory <laughs> regarding uh, the wet heat uh, moisture of, of Georgia. So I'm grateful for dry heat any day of the week. So me as a Southern California girl, not really did we ever get humid days. We spent a lot of days in the heat. I think our kids are amazed when I tell them, yeah, growing up when I was real young, yeah, we didn't have an air conditioner. And then maybe it was when I was in middle school, maybe even a little younger, we got a single wall unit and it blew cold air into the downstairs. And so when it gets really hot in Southern California, when I grew up, we'd sleep downstairs. I mean, like we'd sleep for a long time on the couch because the heat would rise. And then finally, I think when I was in high school, maybe we got air conditioning kind of centralized throughout everything. My mom and dad still keep the temperature up now. It gets to 80 degrees inside the house. They don't notice a thing. Uh, whenever we're visiting, though, Scott, you're always first thing right there at the thermostat trying to make sure it is uh, a little bit more comfortable for everybody else visiting. I remember the the heat would get so bad in Georgia. We, would have, we had an air conditioner, a central air conditioning unit, uh, but it would always go out. And, and the whole neighborhood would have issues. I don't know if it's just the the issues of, of general air conditioners at the time, but when it would go out, we would lay there with a fan blowing a thousand miles an hour and it was doing nothing because it was all through the night, just baking. So that's what I remember as a kid, whenever the air conditioning was working, it was a good day. When it wasn't working, it was an extremely bad day that we had to, as kids, try to sleep through the heat. But uh, yeah, I, I certainly appreciate air conditioning. So no matter what the season is, now we think about, you know, here in the Northwest, we spend so many days during the really mid-fall all the way through into springtime, especially this year, lots of rain. Life still has to happen. People have to work both inside and outdoors. And likewise, during the heat days and humidity, maybe in, in another region, life has to happen. You still have to do those ordinary kinds of work. Right now, we just had to spend some time in eastern Washington helping our daughter and son-in-law move. It was kind of hot, too. We spent a little bit of sweat equity, so to speak, getting them set up temporarily. And what I'm leading to, though, is that people do all kinds of jobs in labor industry, taking care of others, doing really difficult work. And even in our your job, too, I think you've experienced this. You wonder is this what I was meant to do? I feel like I was supposed to be doing something greater. God, is this where I'm supposed to be thriving? And it can be hard to really reconcile what your dreams were versus what you're having to do. Yeah, I think that even creeps back in periodically uh, just as a as a tendency we have to doubt when at times when we're down uh, due to issues in our lives that kind of bring us to a point where in almost the desperation we go, 
why am I here? But if we reflect back as to how we maybe began in that job or how we maybe began in the relationship, we will oftentimes go back and go, that was a miracle Mm -hmm. that I found that person. That was a miracle that I found that job. But at some point along the way, I've lost the awareness of the miracle. And I think that's just a life struggle that we, it's through prayer and through reception of the sacraments that we are able to, to remain in the presence and awareness of God, even in times that feel like super desert, super dry, super hot. Well, that does lead us to today's show because I had an opportunity to talk with author Rachel Balducci. She has a new book out by Ave Maria Press. It's called No Such Thing as Ordinary, Unlocking Your Extraordinary Life Through Everyday Encounters with Jesus. It's an excellent book. While it is designed for women or perhaps a women's group, it's a great small group discussion, there is so many great pieces of information that I wanted to include it in today's show. We're going to talk to her in just a moment. Then after that, we'll want to share with you a little bit about the uh, truths that she brings forward in the discussion about the woman at the well and how that enters into our everyday life as parents and family. So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirt and gritty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match Christopher Minutes. Thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Mark Wahlberg may skip his workouts once in a while, but there's one thing he's committed to following every day, his prayer routine. The Catholic actor told the Today Show, I don't take a day off from getting on my hands and knees and reading my prayer book, my daily devotionals, and expressing the gratitude that I have for all the blessings that have been bestowed upon me. Wahlberg also keeps a list of people that he prays for, whether he knows them personally or not. If he reads about people who are struggling in life, he'll ask God to help them. The actor adds that he asks God for the strength and guidance to be able to use his talents to help others and to be the best husband and father he can be. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Please join me, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor, and the listeners of Martyr Day Radio, as we pray for the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in our battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com forward slash prayer, or call our prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's materdayradio.com forward slash prayer. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, 
consider donating it to Matra Day Radio. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. Are you looking for freedom and fulfillment in the life you're already living? Or maybe you feel trapped because, well, your everyday reality doesn't exactly match your dreams. Well, women desiring to grow in their faith have looked to the story of the woman at the well as a source of encouragement. And in her new book, no Such Thing as Ordinary, author Rachel Balducci will help you discover the passion in the adventure in your own life while empowering you to see how God uses daily here and now moments to draw you to him in extraordinary ways. And Rachel is joining me this morning to tell you a little bit more about it. Good morning, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining The Morning Blend. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, Rachel, you are a wife and a mother of six children. Is this the life that you imagined yourself to have? It's, you know, it, in some ways it is, I guess, but I never started off when my husband and I got married, didn't necessarily think I would be the mama of a big crew. I don't even really think of six as necessarily a big family. I'm the oldest of eight. My husband's the oldest of seven. But, you know, um, definitely had this idea and vision of kind of what what I thought my life would look like. And in, it's a beautiful thing that in so many ways it, it has, in all the ways it has exceeded that, but there have definitely been, you know, seasons along the way. And I'm, you know, just kind of in the middle of the journey, of course, I'm still raising my kids. Um, but that there were times when I was like, this is not what I thought motherhood would look like. This is not what I thought life would feel like, you know. And really that's kind of what I wrote my way through is, is getting in touch with this feeling, this hole that I think each one of us has in our heart, uh, maybe not every single day, but times when we feel like life is passing us by and we're wondering where the meaning in life is or, you know, and, and really what I came to with this book is all of a sudden things really did start to be exactly what I had hoped and dreamed and even better. And there was still this hole in my heart, which I came to realize was a God-sized hole that only God could fill. The name of the book is No Such Thing as Ordinary, Unlocking Your Extraordinary Life Through Everyday Encounters with Jesus. The author is Rachel Balducci, and she is joining me today. Well, Rachel, you use the story of the woman at the well. Why is her story the one that, well, many women look to and go, huh, I wonder how her life relates to mine. Yeah, you know, and I honestly, now I I do really feel like she's a close personal friend because I spent so much time writing this book, really reflecting on her encounter with the Lord. And, you know, so for me to discover this, this encounter that she has with Jesus and what it means for me, like if, and I say that in the book, like if this is true for this woman, what does it mean for me? And so, you know, the story is this woman who comes to the well in the middle of the day and she has to come. At that hour, she's doing her chores, her daily life, and she's got a past. She's got a lot of wounds. She comes in the middle of the day because she wants to avoid other people. Like, she kind of has to be there at this time when nobody else is there, right? And there is Jesus just waiting for her. So he, he sits and he waits for her, and he 
encounters her. She encounters him in the middle of her regular drud- the drudgery of her life, so to speak, you know, and he knows her and he sees her. And then he makes her this offer of, you know, a well that offers something of water that offers something that that ordinary water could never offer, you know, a, a, the, something that could just fill the thirst that she has in a way that water never could. And he makes her this offer and he makes the same offer for us. And then she has to really consider, do I trust him? Am I going to take him up on this offer? And, you know, I love her story because um, it's the longest conversation Jesus has with a woman in the Bible. And everything that he offers that woman is still available to us. And everything that she has to consider is our same journey. You know, do I really believe that Jesus offers this living water that's going to solve all of my problems? Do I trust him? Do I have enough of a relationship with the living God to believe that he really can solve all of my problems? And so the book kind of dives into this, you know, and really, um, for me, brought this woman to life and made her so relatable, like... Jesus wants my life to feel extraordinary, but he wants to meet me where I'm at in the everyday, the things that I'm doing now. And, and kind of the journey for me was, you know, for a lot of times, so you mentioned I have six kids, the first four, the, uh, five of our children are boys, and the first four came in five years. So really close, a bunch of boys. And so I always had this sense of wanting to do something grand and glorious for, for God, but I thought it would just have to wait until my kids were bigger. And then my kids got bigger, those boys, and we added two more kids to the mix, right? So then I'm kind of like, okay, I'm on another little bit of a pause while I'm living my regular life. Well, then as those kids started to get bigger and I got more mobility and I write about some adventures that I had, um, and I still am like waiting, you know, to feel this deep sense of fulfillment because these adventures, the thing the world, the things the world tells us are going to like solve all our problems or make us feel fulfilled they are fun. And I'm all about adventures and um, going after your dreams. But then there you are again. Like one of the stories I tell in the book is I got to go to El Salvador and I was writing for this group that does this amazing work for people, empowering women, helping them start small businesses, helping children get education. So I'm there, you know, writing about this every day, like observing and writing. And, um, and then all of a sudden fast forward a few days and I'm back at home and I'm loading my washing machine, just like, Always, right? right? So the grand adventure was there for a few days and it was awesome, but then I'm back to my regular life. And you're like, okay, what is the solution? Because it can't always be about the next thing. And that's where Jesus meets us. He's there waiting for us saying, I want to offer you something that's going to make you always feel fulfilled. That's going to help you know that the life you're living is extraordinary. Rachel Balducci is the author of a new book called No Such Thing as Ordinary. It is out by Ave Maria Press. Well, Rachel, I want to touch, get back to something that you just said a moment ago. I'm sure there are women listening to us this morning. They are perhaps knee deep with laundry and diapers and children to take care of. And, you know, just everyday life can be overwhelming, maybe thinking to themselves, you know, I got this degree and I spent all these years in school and this is where I am. How did you reconcile that this is the moment where I am supposed to be thriving when in the back of your mind or even maybe society is telling you, you know, you're you're supposed to be doing something great in, in society and all of these things. You're not supposed to be stuck at home, you know, with all of these little kids wiping noses. Yes, totally. 
I know it's so much you're like touching on so many different feelings, you know, and emotions that women go through. I was very much in that boat. Like I got my undergrad degree, got my master's, and then right before I defended my thesis, gave birth to our first son, right? So then literally almost then had, you know, all these other boys in quick succession uh, succession. And I almost forgot that I had gotten this master's. Like I would remember because I, it was there framed on the wall. And I was like, oh yeah, I remember when I was that person. Right. And so you do, you know, for me, I kind of like almost was so busy for a lot of years that I forgot about it. And then as the kids got older, started to feel like, okay, you know, you're waiting for your life to begin in some ways, even though it's also this complex thing of, I also feel very fulfilled in being a mom, but it is so true. Like the world is telling us all of these things that we need to be going after. And one thing I have learned is that I really believe women can do it all, but I don't think that we should try to do it all at the same time. And for me, when I finally made peace with the fact that, um, you know, the season I was in of being home with my kids and taking care of them and running the household. And I was doing other things. I did a lot of freelance work, but I, I kind of started saying yes to things outside the home that were robbing our family life of its peace. And I really had to, to back away from things just for my own mental health, right? And for just the goodness, the good of our family. Every, every person needs to make that decision on their own. But what I found is all of a sudden, then that kind of loosened up and lo and behold, your kids start to get older and then they're more independent and you do have that time. Um, And now I have time. Like it's crazy that um, out of the blue, I got this opportunity and now I teach at the university using that degree Mm. that I got all those years ago. You know, God had a plan for me. He has a plan for each one of us. And if we like the woman at the well, if we really can trust in his plan for us, right. And we surrender to, to his offer of, you know, can my identity and my peace come from Jesus and not the things that I do, then we can say yes and no to things with a lot more freedom, you know, really knowing God has a plan because he wants us to have freedom and joy, and he gave us abilities and gifts. He wants us to use those, but if we can trust in his perfect plan and his order, we'll have a lot more joy in doing things, you know, at the right time when we can really enjoy it instead of feel like we're just trying to cram it all in at one time. Oh, Rachel, you are just speaking to my heart. I can attest to what you just said, that when in my own life that I lived each season and enjoyed every one of them, and now in those years where, well, my children are actually starting to leave home, God has filled that void and and brought me something really wonderful here at the radio station. And I know for women listening, well, yeah, that is God has a plan for all of our lives. And you can read more and understand it better with Rachel's new book. Rachel, tell our listeners where they're going to be able to find a copy of your book. Sure. So you can find the book at Ave Maria Press. Um, just go to Ave Maria's website and it's also on Amazon. Oh, fantastic. And I'm sure all of our wonderful local Catholic bookstores would be able to get a copy for you as well. Well, Rachel, I sure appreciate your time today. And let me tell you, I really appreciate your book today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was so wonderful to be here. And again, that is Rachel Balducci. The name of her book is No Such Thing as Ordinary, Unlocking Your Extraordinary Life Through Everyday Encounters with Jesus. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Ave Maria Press. And you're going to find that link on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com. Just dreams and you get ahead.
so much of what Rachel talked about. I feel and understand. And I even think about you, too. And you can understand, too, thinking I had an idea for what I wanted to do and be. And am I doing that? Is where I am placed right now fulfilling what I was supposed to do? You know, thinking about an entirety of life, there are seasons. Just like we're going through this warm season of summer, you got to think of your life in the same way. And that, well, perhaps maybe you're not a humid summer kind of a person. Maybe you're at a point in your life where, you know, this isn't what you thought you would be doing, but it is what you're doing now. Rachel talks about how you can even take those moments of your life and really thrive, especially when you think about the story of the woman at the well. Yeah, I think, you know, like with raising kids, we fully embrace our children when they're children, when they're babies and they're young children. And now as they're teens, um, when we're embracing them, I don't think we're having this challenge of thinking back and longing, how did I get here? necessarily. Now, I grant you, sometimes that that might be the situation. But for the most part, as a parent, you accept, this is my child, and therefore I will give all that I can to this child, which I think is a representation of our focus to God. And that child is is the fruit of of a sacrament that brings forth uh, a new awareness, can bring forth a new awareness. And I, I think when we're talking about things like our jobs or like our life, that somehow seems different than when we're talking about a child um, as parents. So I, I think what, what uh, I, I'm drawn to, to express here is that we have opportunity all the time to embrace everything in our life, like we do our children as parents, you and I. We have the opportunity to embrace everything in our life that way. But somehow society makes some sort of a distinction that we have to push back against as, as Christians, as Catholics. Because we know there is something necessary about this moment right now, that God has ordained this moment to happen right now. It's not, it's not just by chance. It's not just like we come in and out of God's grace. No, we're constantly in God's grace. So even though we might feel heat or loss of the moment, we have to remember this is like our child. I need to embrace this moment because it is a gift from God, and only God knows the value of it in my life that I'm trying to learn the value of you know, we have our kids, we, we see the value in them as we, as they grow. Well, we can see the value in our life as it grows, but there's a part of embracing it that we have to do like we do so easily do with our kids. You know, as Rachel had also said that women, you know, we have the expectation or maybe even self-imposed or society says, oh, you can have it all. And, and Rachel agrees that yes, we can have it all. We just can't have it all at once. We have got to be patient and live through these seasons. I definitely have felt that in my own life, realizing that, yeah, there was a time and a place for every moment, even every job that I've had in my life and all of it, though, leading towards the next thing. You know, through your work, Scott, we were blessed to be able to keep me at home and be with the kids through all of those steps. And now that they're older, well, now the opportunity has allowed itself for me to be here at the radio station. I think for you, too, and I recognize that when you were in school getting both your bachelor's and master's degree in science, natural sciences, I think you had a dream of working in the field, doing wildlife biology and and just being in nature. But 
Well, that's not exactly how your career turned out. However, looking at the totality of your work, you have supported the family for so many years and the position that you are in allowed you to seamlessly move through your diaconate program. You're able to make yourself available a lot of time for those who are in need. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, like the woman at the well, what was she doing at the well? She was, she was avoiding being around people. Mm-hmm. She chooses to go during the heat of the day to avoid what? Because she has such regret in her heart. She's trying to avoid it and do everything she can to not be reminded of what life she could have had. And so she goes to the well by herself during the heat of the day. And that's where Christ meets her in her, in her place of, of retreat, of isolation, of despair. Christ meets her right there. And she says, are, I mean, she just asks the question, you don't even have a bucket to get water. What kind of water are you talking about, Jesus? And, you know, that whole dynamic of discussion is so valuable for us to listen to again and again and again. And, you know, that, that uh, gospel reading of John is one of the scrutinies we read for, um, for Easter uh, season in, in the preparation for those candidates coming in in full community of the church because it is such a deep passage. And as she said, it's the longest passage that Jesus has talking to a woman, mm-hmm. but it's so important. I think it juxtaposes uh, Eve that here, this redemptive ability that she, that this woman is receiving from Christ at that moment at the well is available for all of us to step into and receive, but it has to be our yes to his invite. And he makes that very clear to her. And she says, you know, I have, I have five husbands. I, I, I'm going to, I have my husband. She talks about her husbands. He says, I know you have five husbands and the husband you're with right now is not your husband. Um, that just expresses the length and the history of her suffering. And Christ knows, just like he knows the length and, and depth of our suffering. He knows it. And in spite of that, he says, I have water to give you that you will not be thirsty of again. And she steps into it. What, a, what an example that we can, we can follow ourselves to do that. Oh, and again, following up with what Rachel had said, the water that Christ offered the woman at the well is the exact water that all of us are offered today. It is timeless as our faith is and how God is too. It's a wonderful book. And I think that uh, it's a wonderful comparisons that we all can relate to. Scott, before we go, Please end us in a prayer. Lord, we recognize that the struggles we have in life seem separated from you, but we know we're never separated from you if we look into our hearts. Help us this week to look into our hearts deeply so that we can see you there and know that you are there to carry us through, to lead us out of whatever struggles we're in to a place that is full of life-giving water, full of hope. We ask all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Stay cool this week. God bless. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.